0: Gara's breakup at the age of 41 went far beyond what we've seen for almost any celebrity. You see, Sophia's ex wanted to have her children. And as the ensuing years would prove, he'd stop at nothing to do it. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, hello.
1: Hi. So this is part one of a two-part series we have researched on Sophia Vergara and the embryos she shared with her
0: ex. Yes, guys, this is a completely different kind of scandal for us to cover. Why did we choose to cover this, Zara? Why did we want to do this series? I think for me... Because this story went on
1: for about six years, as the listeners will soon learn, Mm. I had seen so many headlines for so long, but never felt like I could get into the weeds of the story because it felt kind of complicated to me and was Mm. kind of going a bit over my head. And I always really wanted to understand what was going on here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm the same. I think I took a little bit more interest in it at the time. I think I actually brought this to the table to be like, guys. Yeah, you really wanted to do this. Yeah, I remember at the time as it was unfolding, I didn't understand all of it. I didn't really get into the weeds, but I felt like I got the gist and the gist really scared me. Yes,
1: I completely agree with that kind of synopsis. And apart from kind of headlines and top line, you know, articles about it, Mm. I didn't know a whole lot and now I feel like I know a heap. I think the other element of this, of course, is that I will never not care about Sofia Vergara. Oh, my God. When it comes to soap stars of the 2000s, she's the one I think of, of the 2010s. You know, back in the day with our soap stars, we had maybe our friends stars or people like that. But Sofia was the soap star
0: of my teenagehood. She is so iconic. I can see her face and hear her voice as soon as you say the name Sophia Vergara. She's also just, I don't know, I just like her. I want to defend her. I want to be her friend. I just love Sophia Vergara.
1: Yeah, 100%. Now, as we've kind of hinted to already, this is certainly one of the most bizarre, unbelievable, but also I think important scandal series Mm. we've put together. Because for me, it's not just about these two celebrities or even Hollywood or anything like that. This absolutely stretches into areas of reproductive rights as well as relationship breakdowns and control. And it just feels, as I said, like an important story to tell.
0: Yeah, guys, of all the scandals we've covered at Shameless, this is certainly the most unique and in many ways the most troubling. We are going to tell you everything. But before we do that, Zara, let's rewind back to 1972 and meet Sophia Vergara.
1: All Mish. So, Sofia Margarita Vergara Vergara was born in 1972 in Colombia. Now, Sofia's name has Vergara twice. That wasn't just some sort of weird glitch in your ears <laughs> because it is a Spanish-language custom for a child's full name to include their paternal and maternal surname. Now, her father was a cattle farmer and her mother was a homemaker And Sophia is one of their six children.
0: Yeah, we don't know much about Sophia's early childhood, but we do know that she was raised Catholic and attended a Catholic school in her teenage years. We also know that her parents had a pretty tumultuous relationship throughout her childhood. Speaking to Parade magazine years later, she said, My parents were together on and off until they divorced in 93. Fighting, leaving, coming back. Such craziness is worse than divorce. People shouldn't stay married because of the kids. That's torture for everyone. Yeah,
1: now when she was 17, she was discovered while she was walking along a beach in her coastal hometown in Colombia.
0: Not surprising because she's the hottest person under the sun. I'm (laughs) just thinking like, if
1: only. I've walked on many a beach and this has never happened. (laughs) Sophia said she was apprehensive about appearing on her first TV commercial, but her Catholic school teachers actually gave her the go-ahead to skip school so she could take the job, which, by the way, was
0: for Pepsi and aired in Latin America. Pretty big guess for her first ever ad how could you even go bigger than pepsi i feel like that's beginning with the best of the best sure Sophia also told parade they said oh let's take a picture of you we're looking for somebody for a pepsi commercial i was like no the nuns will kill me i was in my senior year And my mother said, yeah, take the picture. (laughs) Now, when Sophia
1: was 18 years old, she actually married her high school sweetheart, Jose Gonzalez. And at 19, she gave birth to their son, Manolo. Now, while Sophia and Jose's marriage was short lived, they actually divorced in 93 after two years of marriage. And truthfully, we don't know a heap about it. She since said that they actually have a pretty good relationship as co-parents mm. and that Jose would go on to stay with her when he visited the U.S.
0: Yeah, at this time, Sofia Vergara actually had ambitions to become a doctor. She said, What I was really interested in was medical school. But my husband and everyone around me said, You're a woman trying to have a family. You can't be a doctor on call. The next best thing was dental school. So Sofia enrolled in dental school in Colombia, where she studied for two years. She was just shy of graduating by a couple of semesters when she really tried to pursue a career in show business full time.
1: Yeah, I mean, as it turned out, Mish, she was juggling a lot and it's no Mm. surprise she wanted to kind of pick one lane. She'd been doing dental school, motherhood, she had a marriage she had a career as a model and actress so by 1995 she'd actually landed a job as a host of a spanish language travel show at just 23 years old
0: yeah she's so young to be juggling all this stuff if you said to me you've got dental school or hosting a travel show I know which one I'm picking. Yeah, probably the travel show. (laughs) Now, Sophia was really successful as the host of that show and her career only went from strength to strength throughout the 90s. Only in her personal life, Sophia really did encounter tragedy in 1998. In fact her entire family would relocate to America, Zara, after her brother was murdered in gang violence. Yeah,
1: so awful. So as you say, in 1998, her 28-year-old brother, Raphael, was fatally shot during an attempted kidnapping. Now, we don't know much about the details of his murder, but Sophia has said since that her family knew they were kidnapping targets due to their success. She also noted that Raphael normally had bodyguards and on the day he was murdered had actually ventured out alone just harrowing stuff now after that Sophia and her son mother sister and younger brother all relocated from columbia to miami sadly after rafael's murder and the family's relocation to the u.s her little brother would actually go on to struggle with drug and alcohol addiction and it actually resulted in him being arrested nearly 30 times over the course of the next 10 years
0: so much trauma In the one family, to lose one brother to murder and then while your younger brother is dealing with that for him to slip into drug and alcohol addiction and a life of crime. Like, it's just completely unfathomable. As a quick aside, following three arrests in a single month for marijuana-related charges in Feb 2010, an immigration judge did order that Sofia Vergara's little brother be deported back to Colombia she explained to parade magazine after Raphael died my little brother had a rough time they were very close he started with alcohol then pot onto cocaine to crack now he's like another person to see somebody dying over 10 years little by little that's the worst punishment with so many bad things happening it creates a tough skin
1: yeah it absolutely would mm. now let's get back to the timeline very quickly here by 2000 Sophia was 28 years old she was living in Miami with her family and her son she was also hosting the latin inspired dance tv show called club la bomba now things were going pretty well for her work wise but unfortunately more bad news was on the way for sophia
0: yeah just two years after her brother was murdered she got diagnosed with thyroid cancer she went to her gp which sounds like just a normal checkup and he actually felt a lump in her throat which led to her diagnosis. Of that, she said, when you're young and you hear the word cancer, your mind goes to so many places. But I tried not to panic and decided to get educated. I read every book and found out everything I could about it. I was fortunate to have caught it early and to have the support of my doctors and most importantly, my family.
1: Now, Sophia underwent surgery and had radiation as a follow-up treatment. Now, the surgery and radiation therapy worked really well and she went into remission. She actually didn't reveal her diagnosis publicly until over a decade later. She later explained, I didn't want publicity because of the cancer. Having cancer is not fun. You don't want to deal with anything else when you're going through it. When you go through something like this, It's hard, but you learn a lot from it. Your priorities change. You don't sweat the small stuff. And it had a good ending.
0: Thank God. She needed a good ending. For sure. Eventually, she actually went on to establish a cancer center in her hometown in Colombia. Of that, she said, I visited the cancer ward of a hospital in Colombia and parents were just sitting on the floor while their kids were being treated. When you're a mother and your kid is sick, you feel it yourself. I wanted to set up a comfortable place for parents. Now... A 28-year-old Sofia Vergara did not take much time off to recover from cancer. It doesn't really sound like she took much time off at all because after her hosting job on Club La Bomba wrapped up, she had a handful of gigs, including guest roles in American sitcoms, My Wife and Kids, and then Eve and Rodney. But arguably, her breakthrough roles were in the film's Big Trouble, which was alongside Tim Allen and Zoe Deschanel. And then she was also in another film called Chasing Puppy."
1: Yeah, so Sophia was doing quite well in her acting career in Hollywood throughout the mid-2000s, but it wasn't until 2009 that her career really took off when she was cast in a little sitcom called <laughs> Modern Family. Now, in the show, Sophia played Gloria, of course, a passionate Colombian immigrant who married wealthy businessman and family patriarch jay pritchett did you watch modern family i did but i can't remember if i watched it from the start i think i was more of a bandwagoner Mm. whereas my older sister i think was there from the get-go
0: yeah i think my entire family was there from the get-go i remember the ads before the first episode aired On Australian television, it was, like, the number one show in the US and, like, find out what the whole world's raving about. Yeah, right. And we'd all watch it sitting around together as a family activity. It is very funny. It's It's one of those shows
1: where every so often scenes will pop up on my TikTok or you know, on my social media feeds, and I will be cackling because it's incredibly (laughs) funny. Now, speaking to Ellen DeGeneres shortly after the premiere of Modern Family, Sophia gushed about the show and explained how she was cast. She said, For me, it's a dream because I never thought that I was going to be doing something where the character is so perfect for me. It's hard for me sometimes to find jobs with this accent. The writers sat with me and said, we're thinking about this character. We want to write it for you. And they did a lot of research about Columbia, and then they came up. With Gloria.
0: When Modern Family premiered in 2009, Sophia was reportedly paid about 30 grand per episode. Now, given season one had 24 EPs, She was probably looking at a pay packet of around $720,000 for the season. The release of Modern Family was met with both commercial and critical acclaim. A review of the first season in Entertainment Weekly read, Modern Family works because it does something the network sitcom hasn't managed in years. It offers a comic equation for almost every audience segment while never blending out the characters for mass consumption.
1: The first season of Modern Family also won six prizes. Time, Time Emmy Awards, an average 9.49 million <laughs> viewers per episode. It's insane. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, while most audiences loved Modern Family, Sophia definitely got some negative feedback from viewers who accused her and the show of perpetuating stereotypical qualities of Latina women, Mish.
0: In a response to that, Sophia said, I always laughed about it because if Gloria was stereotypical, then that's just what I am. I created Gloria as a mixture of my mum and my aunt and the women that I grew up with in Colombia. They were loud. They were super intense. They were super colorful, super crazy, minding everybody's business, super passionate and loving. If Gloria was a stereotypical woman, then what a magnificent stereotype. What was wrong with being Gloria? She was fantastic. She cared about everyone. She loved everyone, even the kids that were not hers. She was always trying to help everyone.
1: What a quote. So we're now at this point in the timeline, Mish, at January 2010. Sophia was 38 years old. She was, of course, starring in Modern Family. Things were going pretty well and she was just about to meet someone too. We're going to find out who that was after the break.
0: All right, Zara, as you said, Sophia was 38 years old when she met a man who would become a pretty important figure in her life for years to come. Nick Loeb was an American businessman, actor and descendant of the extremely wealthy Loeb and Lehman families. Yeah, now it's hard to stress just how wealthy
1: Nick Loeb really is. He grew up in his father's five-story townhouse in New York City. His entire family on both sides is like peppered, right, with CEOs, chairman, and like otherwise very important and influential mm. people. For example, his uncle was chairman of the Seagram Company, the parent company of Universal Studios. His father was a former U.S. ambassador to Denmark. Just power in all forms. Yeah, just one of those families, right? Now, Nick's parents divorced when he was just one year old, and his father gained custody over Nick as his mother was actually struggling with mental health issues at the time. Now, Nick actually lost contact with his mother, but did reconnect with her when he went to college in New Orleans. He didn't have an amazing relationship with his dad either. He did tell the New York Post that as a kid, his dad, and I quote, yelled a lot. It just got to the point where we would barely communicate.
0: Mm, When Nick was just 21 years old, though, he would encounter a family tragedy of his own. His mother actually fatally shot and killed her third husband, Jeff Bauer, then turned the gun on herself. So it was a murder suicide. After his mother's death, Nick didn't talk to his father for two years and lived off his trust fund alone. It was reportedly worth a few million dollars. Of this time, he told the New York Post, After my mother died, I was so emotional. I think I directed it as anger towards my dad.
1: From there, Nick went on to intern at his uncle's Universal Studios, where he did work as a production assistant on the film Primary Colors. During this time, Nick actually said that the actress Emma Thompson became like a mother to him. He said it was as if she could sense the pain of my mother's suicide, always giving me hugs and saying, if you ever want to talk, let me
0: know. I've never heard a story about Emma Thompson that is anything but glowing.
1: Yeah, I agree. From there, he went on to dabble in filmmaking, acting, finance, politics, and condiment <laughs> he founded the cut <laughs> he founded the crunchy condiment company which sold a fried onion <laughs> topping called onion crunch no. look i do think there's always room for a fried onion <laughs> topping
0: do you the onion crunchy, crunch
1: crunchy condiment company it's a bit <laughs> of a mouthful i got to be honest
0: it's giving I mean, look, I know we've just told a real story of tragedy from Nick's past. I think as this series will go on, listeners might understand why I don't have a heap of time for Nick Loeb. Yes, for sure. It's giving big nepo baby vibes that you've got all this money in the world. You think, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna launch a condiment. Crunchy (laughs) condiments, no one else could do it. (laughs) Now, Nick and Sophia met at a Golden Globes party in Jan 2010. They started dating soon after that. We don't have a heap about the ins and outs of their relationship, besides the fact that six months into them dating, Nick actually got into a pretty serious car accident. That was one of the few times that Sophia spoke publicly about their relationship, and she would give fans updates about his condition and how he was doing. Now, there aren't many quotes or news pieces between 2010 and 2012 that give us real insight into their relationship. Trust us, we looked for them. (laughs) The main things we do know are these two met in 2010. Nick had the car crash in August that year. Sophia helped nurse him back to health when he left hospital and then they got engaged.
1: Yes, so... Sophia and Nick got engaged in July 2012 on a holiday to Mexico where they celebrated Sophia's 40th birthday with her friends and family. She actually returned to the US wearing a pretty large engagement ring and footage that surfaced about a month later from a home video filmed by Sophia's son while on the trip confirmed that Nick had indeed popped the question and Sophia had said yes.
0: Yeah, quick side note here to say that by 2013, Sophia was seriously raking in the cash. Much of her wealth had been accrued by her work in Modern Family, but because her profile had soared so much as well, she was starting to secure some really lucrative endorsement deals. She was working as the face of CoverGirl. She had worked with Diet Pepsi and Comcast, as well as launched her own range of clothing for Kmart.
1: Around this time, Sophia also confirmed that she was taking hormone treatment in order to freeze her
0: eggs. As
1: per the Daily Mail, she said, I have to be careful what I eat because they are freezing my eggs. I am currently taking hormone pills and then after that, it is hormone injections. They want to get as many good eggs as they can because usually you produce them, but they're not good. They have to be perfect ones. My boyfriend is 37, younger than me, never had kids. So
0: yeah, unfortunately by September, rumors were flying about in the tabloid media that Sophia and Nick Loeb had broken up. According to the Daily Mail, The couple had split after a loud argument in the Hamptons. Let's read you a bit of an excerpt from this piece because it was an interesting one. The Daily Mail reported, The pair have dated for three years, but a trip to the Hamptons ended in disaster. Sophia rowed with Nick in front of everyone at a party last week. She said she is fed up with his wandering eye, says a New York mole. They have split up before because of rumors of him cheating and she had heard from a close friend that he had cheated again. She's not prepared to put up with it anymore. Now, obviously that is an annoying, anonymous source but we'd be lying if we said these anonymous sources speaking to the daily mail are never proven right yeah it's like some are bullshit and some are not the reason we
1: included it is because sometimes where there's smoke there's fire and in this case they did eventually split not too far after this Mm. it did take several months for the pair to confirm it though it was may 25 2014 that Sophia took to the now defunct social media website who say to confirm the breakup. She said, Not that anyone should care, but in order to not give the press the chance to invent crazy and hurtful drama, I prefer to tell my fans personally that Nick and I have decided to be apart. We've been having too many problems with having to figure out how to spend time together and because of my work and now his, it's been getting worse and worse, not fun anymore. We are still very close, but we believe this is the best thing for us right now.
0: Now, as we so often see, these kinds of statements... Don't just tell the media to kind of shut up. The media doesn't really listen to the call oh, yeah. for privacy. The media don't read that and think, oh, goodness, we better <laughs> stop reporting. We better be respectful. In fact, the opposite happened, according to an article we found in the Daily Mail. The next month, the middle of June 2012, the National Enquirer published a report that quoted two sex workers who claimed to have had sexual encounters with Nick While he was dating Sophia.
1: Yes. Now, one woman referred to only as Cindy told the publication Sophia's in the dark. Nick was willing to risk his future with Sophia for his own selfish pleasure. A second woman called Bianca alleged that Nick is a sex addict, adding he will party with anywhere from two to five girls, usually in luxury penthouses. Now we want to be clear, these were just reports, they were allegations that were unproven, we don't have any confirmation from Sophia or Nick that they're accurate or true, but I think it's worth talking about in the context of this story, that some of the stories that came out after this split weren't particularly
0: flattering about Nick Lope. No, they were pretty damning some of the reports, but as you said Zara, we don't know if any of them were true. Now, there's another character we need to introduce to the story at this point in the timeline, actor Joe Manganiello. Now, Joe and Sophia met on May 3, 2014 at the White House Correspondence Dinner, an event that has long confused me because it seems to be the weirdest blend of like celebrities with politicians. Yeah, it's like, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Now, it was just a few weeks before Sophia actually announced the end of her engagement. With Nick. We don't know if the timelines were blurry. If anything, we think that Sophia Vergara and Nick Loeb had actually called it quits much earlier. Or she had met, it seems like they maybe called it quits towards the end of 2013, but didn't actually announce it until 2014. And I feel like they only announced it because she had now met Joe and wanted to pursue that. And wanted to move on. Yeah. And
1: was like, okay, well, in order to move on, I need to explain why I'm not with the ex anymore. Mm -hmm.
0: By 2014,
1: Joe had actually featured as Flash Thompson in Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3 alongside Tobey Maguire. He also appeared in the first Magic Mike movie, which is probably
0: why when I think (laughs) of Joe, I think of a hot guy. Yeah, like a hot, topless man. Now he's probably best known for, his starring role in the television series True Blood. I haven't seen that. I've only seen snippets on TikTok. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah. But still, hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, from roughly June
1: 2014 onwards, Sophia and Joe were photographed hanging out together. They, though, didn't confirm the relationship until August of that year. By November, though, they'd moved in together, which was confirmed by Sophia herself during an appearance on Ellen, and on Christmas Eve 2014, Joe proposed to Sophia.
0: Yeah, it's quick, but it seems like these two met and knew. Knew. They just knew. Like it was only, what, eight months between meeting at the White House correspondence dinner and being engaged. After the proposal, Joe commented on that speedy nature of their relationship. He said our first date was in June and then I proposed to her on Christmas Eve. We dated for about six months. But when you know, you know, and we knew right away, like very Quickly. They looked like a really, I mean, they're still together. They
1: look like a couple that just go together.
0: I love them together. Yeah. I barely even know much about them. Well, I know a lot about now, them now. When I used to look at photos of them, I would say they match. Yeah. They the work. Only, the only spanner I ever saw was when Joe dyed his hair electric blue, which just felt like a, a spanner I didn't see. I don't me. remember that. So I'm just going <laughs> to ignore it and pretend that it didn't happen. Now, it was good in
1: Sophia's relationship with Joe. Things were good there. Things were pretty good in her work. It's just that things weren't all that rosy when it came to her relationship with her ex, Nick Loeb. On April 15, 2015, when Sophia was 43, the tabloid website In Touch Weekly broke the news that Nick Loeb was suing her in order to prevent her from destroying her fertilized eggs they created when they were a couple back in 2013. Now, our listeners might remember a couple of maybe. 10 minutes ago, we were talking to you about how Sophia gave an interview in 2013 saying she was taking hormones to freeze her eggs. She was freezing them with Nick. They had split and suddenly Nick didn't want her to destroy the eggs and was going to sue her over it.
0: Yeah, well, they're fertilized eggs, right? So this is his sperm fertilizing her eggs, so they're embryos. Now, as per TMZ, court documents obtained exclusively by InTouch reveal that just six months before their split in November 2013, Nick and Sophia had embryos created as a result of his sperm and her eggs being fertilized. It feels like a year nine nine biology class. (laughs) Nick, who filed the suit under the pseudonym John Doe, seeks to ensure that the female embryos are not destroyed, but Jane Doe, Sophia, refuses to agree to their preservation under all circumstances circumstances. The news
1: piece went on. Before the female embryos could be implanted in a surrogate, the parties ended their relationship, adding that Jane Doe, so Sophia, hope for the female embryos to ultimately be destroyed, but John Doe does not desire for the female embryos to be destroyed. Mm. Look, bit wordy, right? Mm. Lots going on. But essentially, Nick did not want these embryos to be destroyed, even though the couple had split.
0: No, which is scary. I cannot imagine how I'd feel as a woman if I was being sued over my embryos especially considering these two had done
1: the legwork before they'd split to avoid this eventually happening and when I say they'd done the legwork they signed an agreement about how these embryos were going to be used according to Forbes they signed an agreement that stated that the embryos would be destroyed in the event of their deaths Mm -hmm. now neither of these two were dead but they also as part of that agreement according to Sophia later Also, signed something that said that they couldn't be used unless both parties consented to the embryos being used. Yeah. Which essentially covers all bases
0: of them breaking up, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty initially scary and confusing that this can even be pursued. Now, the court documents also saw Nick allege that Sophia had been physically abusive towards him on multiple occasions. The report reads According to the papers, Sophia punched him in the face on two occasions, kicked him, and threw her phone at his head. She also routinely bullied him, calling him a loser, worthless, and other degrading names. On April 17, 2015, Sophia released a statement via her attorney in response to those allegations. As per People, the claims made against Sophia Vergara by Nick Loeb are uncredible and hold no merit. Vergara has never wanted to destroy her embryos. The agreement signed by Vergara and Loeb in November 2013, when the embryos were created, states that no unilateral action can be taken with regard to the embryos unless both Party's consent. The statement continued Vergara has never suggested that she wished to have the embryos destroyed. She has always maintained that they be kept frozen, a fact of which Loeb and his counsel have always been aware, despite Loeb's statements to the contrary. Vergara, who has happily moved on with her life, is content to leave the embryos frozen indefinitely, as she has no desire to have children with her ex, which should be understandable given the circumstances. It's really interesting to me that there's this statement of she doesn't want them destroyed, but she does want them on ice indefinitely.
1: Yeah, so it sounds very much like, to me anyway, and I know there was a lot of jargon in the above quotes, but Nick was fighting to keep the embryos frozen no matter what. With It looked like the motivation to eventually... To bring them to term via a surrogate which was always their plan so was fighting to keep the original agreement in place which would be to just keep the embryos frozen indefinitely and only bring them to term if both she and nick agreed to it i think it sounds like if i was to just look at this from a bird's eye view and guess what was going on nick was trying to sue her saying that she wanted to destroy the eggs because she essentially didn't want to use them. Mm. And she's saying, no, I don't want that. I just don't want to use them. So let's just freeze them forever.
0: Yeah. Another layer of this is Nick was also arguing that the original agreement they had should be voided because in his opinion, they never agreed explicitly and specifically on what would happen to the embryos in case of them breaking up. That's really interesting to me because... I'm no lawyer
1: but I would look at the agreement that they signed which was that no unilateral action can be taken in regard to the embryos unless both parties consent as absolutely covering the event of separation.
0: Yeah one person can't act without the other. Without the other, So it's not really relevant whether
1: you've broken up or not. That's yeah. the overriding clause that should be abided by so it just this is kind of nonsensical to me this argument yeah but a lot of this is nonsensical to me and
0: it gets even more nonsensical as we go on just <laughs> say if we're feeling that way now just, just you wait. guys wait so unfortunately for Sophia this really truly was just the beginning because on April 29 2015 an opinion piece written by Nick Loeb was published in the New York Times the headline read Sophia Vergara's ex fiance." our frozen embryos have a right to live yeah this piece is a lot but we're going to try and break it down for you in
1: the piece nick alleged that his case had gotten so much attention not just because sophia was a very famous actress but also because embryonic custody disputes raise important questions about life religion and parenthood I think you can imagine where this is going. Mm. He wrote, When we create embryos for the purpose of life, should we not define them as life rather than as property? Does one person's desire to avoid biological parenthood, free of any legal obligations, outweigh another's religious beliefs in the sanctity of life and desire to be a parent? A woman is entitled to bring a pregnancy to term, even if the man objects. Shouldn't a man who is willing to take on all parental responsibilities be similarly entitled, to bring his embryos to
0: term even if the woman objects he went on many have asked me why not just move on and have a family of your own i have every intention of doing so but that doesn't mean i should let the two lives i have already created be destroyed or sit in a freezer until the end of time so there it's becoming very
1: clear it's not just that he doesn't want these embryos destroyed
0: It's becoming very
1: clear now that he wants them to be children.
0: Yeah, he wants to bring them to life. Pay a surrogate to carry these embryos and give birth to daughters he would share with Sophia.
1: Yep. In the piece, Nick alluded to a somewhat Catholic upbringing as he wrote that he was largely looked after by his Irish Catholic nanny, Renee, who would take him to church a lot. He also wrote about a former girlfriend who chose to have an abortion, a decision that he said was entirely out of his hands, and also touched on the fact that he and his former wife, not Sophia, but former wife's failed attempts to get pregnant, even with external help from a fertility specialist right that's all very sad but like throwing a lot at this i'm catholic my ex-girlfriend
0: had an abortion that i didn't want and my ex-wife couldn't get pregnant how is that relevant to the agreement you signed with sophia where neither of you can act unilaterally anyway he went on he wrote the difficulties we had made me feel more than ever that the ability to create life was special in 2010 i met sophia Her career was about to take off and I didn't want to pressure her as I wanted her to fulfill her dreams and reap the rewards of her hard work. When we got engaged in 2012, I began to push for children. As I said in my complaint, my fiancé insisted that we use a surrogate. With her eggs and my sperm, we created two female embryos. I was so excited once the lives were created that I began to suggest the names we could call our girls. The first embryo we implanted didn't take. The second time, the surrogate miscarried and I felt crushed. He went on. A year later, we tried again, creating two more embryos, both female. But as we began to discuss other potential surrogates, it became clear once more that parenthood was much less urgent for her than it was for me. We had been together for over four years. As I was coming on 40, I gave her an ultimatum. When she refused, we split up." The piece went on. A few months later, I asked her to let
1: me have the embryos, offering to pay for all expenses to carry our girls to term and raise them. If she did not wish to share custody, I would take on full parenting responsibilities and agreed to have her declared an egg donor. She has refused. Her lawyer has told reporters that she wants to keep the embryos frozen indefinitely. In my view, keeping them frozen forever is tantamount to killing them. Mm. He finished his piece by saying, This month, Renee, the woman who is essentially my mother, passed away. I had imagined that she would be alive to see my children and play with them. I pray that it won't be too late for my father, who will be 85 in May, to see his grandchildren. I take the responsibility and obligation of being a parent very seriously. This is not just about saving lives. It is also about being pro-parent.
0: Okay. Where Mm. do I even want to begin. I think one thing that really stands out to me is this idea from Nick in this piece that his only viable option of becoming a dad is to have children with Sophia. Also the idea that she could just be an egg donor. We'd consider you an egg donor. You're talking about this publicly and she's a world famous celebrity. Can you imagine if these children were brought into the world? It's not the same relationship as just any egg donor. Everyone will know they're her daughters and imagine the pressure of that. On top of that, They live in the U.S. where you can pay for egg donors. You can pay for surrogates. There are so many options at their disposal, particularly given his financial status, that would enable him to become a father with a woman who is consenting. The obvious
1: question to me is why is this the hill that you're dying on? Why are you doing this to your ex who's moved on and seems very happy? And what is it about? And what is this about? Yeah, is this about you becoming a parent or is it about a bit more than that? And I think what's most devastating about this story and also most fascinating is that becomes clearer and clearer to me. As it goes on, because you might be thinking, surely this is as far as an ex-boyfriend can take a disagreement like this one. You would be, sadly, very mistaken, because the next six years of Sophia's life would be partly defined by Nick Loeb's attachment to their embryos, and he wasn't just willing to use the newspapers to tell his story about it. Soon, there would be a movie as well.
0: Guys, I would say we can't wait to tell you about it in the next episode, but that feels inaccurate i'm really intrigued by this story but it is so disheartening at the same time thank you for listening to episode one and sticking with us because we know it is a complete roller coaster if you're curious and you really want to hear part two and hear how this all ended up you actually can do that right now if you are a paying shame Moore subscriber you get early access to all scandal series so part two is already live in that feed you can subscribe on apple podcasts we're also on spotify yeah absolutely a big thank you as always to our researcher eilish gilligan for working
1: with us on this one and putting it together we will be back in your ears on thursday for another wrap in the week that was in pop culture thanks guys bye bye